0: Hello, and welcome to Infinite Shelf, the human-centric retail podcast. I'm your host, Ingrid Milman-Corty. In today's episode, you are going to meet Gabby Fillion, the vice president of Amazon Strategy at Garden of Life. She is someone who, upon meeting her, it took me a whole four minutes of listening to her explain something before I decided that... We are going to be really good friends. Her sharpness is only eclipsed by her wit, common sense, and get shit done spirit. It's really easy to see why an incredible brand like Garden of Life would entrust her to oversee their Amazon empire. As the on-air problem-solving theme of this season suggests, we sat down and we wanted to workshop the steps for what it takes to create a brand new item on Amazon and habits stand a chance of being successful. Really simple, right? Well, yes, except for that we ended up covering a whole lot more ground than that. Um, despite prepping a little extra hard knowing that we might easily get carried away on this particular topic. That said, you know, thinking back on it, I'm really not actually sure that you could have actually had the conversation that we set out to have without touching on all the other topics that ended up leading into the discussion. But I'll let you decide. I'm really delighted to have had Gabby on the show and would love your questions and feedback. And of course, please leave us a review and share it if you like it. Infinite Shelf is brought to you by Cinder. E commerce accounting can get really tricky really quickly. Cinder helps simplify your transaction ecosystem with their standalone all in one accounting platform. Visit synder.com to learn more. Infinite Shelf is brought to you by Gorgeous. The number one e commerce help desk for Shopify, Magento, and big commerce brands. With Gorgeous, you can automate up to 20% of your commonly asked questions. Plus, it seamlessly integrates into your existing tech stack. Visit slash infinite shelf for two months free. Infinite Shelf is brought to you by Shopware. Shopware is an open commerce platform built for brands to deliver the experience their customers need today and into the future. Learn more at Shopware.com slash Infinite Shelf. Hello, Gabby. Philian, Did I say that correctly? Gab, I mean, I know we call you Gabby V, but Philian.
1: Fillion, yes, close enough. <laughs> <laughs>
0: so you uh, you do comfortably go by Gabby V, not to be con- confused with uh, Gary V. You guys are very different human beings, very different brands of, of professionals. Um, but I'm so happy you're here, um, everyone. Gabby is the vice president of Amazon Strategy over at the Garden of Life um, supplement brand. How
1: are you? Yes, I am good and tickled to be having a conversation with you um, and just getting to chat about some of the things that we could probably spend far too many hours on. So uh, try to keep it succinct and, and helpful and to the point, but love getting to have these chats with you.
0: Totally, totally. I, uh, I'm. I always treasure every moment that we get to to connect, and and such a treat to be able to share that with our audience. Um, so, all right, Gabby, you are just like an Amazon guru. I, you're like one of the people that I go immediately to when something is going in a weird direction, good or bad. Um, you've kind of seen it all, been through it all. And you've done incredible work in growing and evolving the Garden of Life business on Amazon and, and many other businesses. Um, I don't know if you want to spend a little bit of time on your history and, and sort of how you got to now.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, so I think from from pretty early on before E-commerce and and Amazon was as widespread as it is now, and the plethora of gurus that are running around town um, with their Lamborghinis, I, with their Lamborghinis, <laughs> uh, with their YouTube channels. I'm missing out. <laughs> but um, I just always knew that this was the the future. Um, I mean, it was really the current, but I, I knew that this was the avenue that I needed to go down. Um, and I had the opportunity very early on to work in some direct to consumer small startup brands, uh, from a variety of different industries, uh, skincare, healthcare supplements. Um, and actually originally started with my passion sport, water skiing and a wetsuit brand. So, so that's how I got to start dabbling in E-commerce, but very quickly, Amazon and Amazon search and didn't really look back since. I, I always knew that I couldn't be a cog in the wheel and doing the same thing every day. And when you're working with Amazon, it is never the same thing every day. It is yeah. for better or for worse. <laughs> there is always something different. Um, and it's, it's fast paced, but I, I absolutely love it.
0: I love that. Yeah. It takes a certain brand of, um, problem solving masochist to do what we do every day.
1: <laughs> uh, problem solving masochist. Uh, I might need to write that one down. You're not wrong. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Well, well, we'll have a therapy session together about that one at some point down the line. Um, well, Gabby, it's it's just really great. And, and again, you're one of these sources of infinite wisdom for me. And just you always sort of help me screw my head on the right way when, when things are happening in the Amazon world in particular. And so in the spirit of season two of Infinite Shelf, the episodes are all geared toward helping workshop something. Solving a problem with the precious 30 to 45 minutes that we have together um, within the complicated Amazon ecosystem sounds like a very lofty goal. Um, So I think that what I'd love to do is sort of create this, this mind exploration around what it would look like if I or someone like me wanted to bring a product to market and, and I wanted to use Amazon as the, you know, distribution channel. And so let's, sort of start in like taking for granted, although we shouldn't, let's take for granted that I've done my due diligence in, I've thought about an actual problem. And I talk about this all the time. And Gabby, I know you're passionate about this too. I solved an actual problem in people's lives um, that is unique and has a particular use case. Um, and and now I, I've decided that I'm going to bring this amazing, let's say, Body butter, or something like that. Um, Let's pretend that there aren't 600,000 body butters out on the market, and this is the best body butter that has ever been created. What in the world do I do now on Amazon?
1: Well, even though you are launching um, the 600,000th body butter, there may still be room for success with that. So, sure. Solving a a consumer's problem, making sure that there's actually a need with that longevity. But uh, one thing that I feel is often taken for granted is look at your competitor reviews and questions. Because um, even before you get onto the completed product development side of things, Amazon is a really great research place and you could improve your product by. Just filling in the gaps that consumers have identified because they're real smart, real savvy, and they'll let you know about it when your product's on Amazon. Um, so that would be the, the step zero, if you will, or, or the negative one before you even um, start building this brand. But fast forward to, we've now got the product that we believe know, has longevity, has a uh, solved need. Um, the great thing about Amazon is it is a window into the mass market. So what is happening on Amazon is you've got so many individuals that are typing and searching and so many products. So they're spoiled for choice and that can mean a good thing. It could mean you've, you've got this opportunity, this avenue to place your product uh, in front of their eyes, but at the same time, it is incredibly hard not to just be buried in the search results because if you have not built a brand and something that is recognized, how are you going to differentiate and how are you going to convince that consumer to go ahead and click and convert on your one product? So that's why I firmly believe in, and sort of consider it a requirement of selling on Amazon and and succeeding on Amazon in the long term of having some recognizable brand. And then we go into how do we build that?
0: That's, there's like already so much there. And so when you talk about building a brand, um, Tell me a little bit more about the sort of necessary components to what differentiates just having a great, again, great product that solves all your skincare problems with one swoop. Um, but when I'm trying to wrap a brand around that use on Amazon specifically, you know, there's a different world. D to C. I there are so many things that immediately conjure into my mind of there's a logo and there's color story and there's the journey of explaining why this product, you know, needs to exist into your life and how it's different than all the other products that are within the same category, trying to solve the same problem. Um, so there are a lot more levers. Um, and then obviously there's like, things on Amazon, like A-plus content and things like that. But I'm just curious, like when you're thinking about building a brand, what, is there like a checklist or something that you think of?
1: Um, yeah. So you've already gone to, to build this D2C direct to consumer website and figure out your color story, your logo. To ensure that all of that, all of that creative content is a uh, carbon copy on Amazon. Every channel, whether you're getting a PR hit or you're mm-hmm. talking about it on your social or your website um, or Amazon and your your brand store, making sure that it's instantly recognizable and it's the same across whatever platform the consumer is going to consume this information in because they are ideally they're exposed to your brand in several places. Right. And if you are not consistent across the board, then you're losing that, that recognition and and hurting yourself in the end. But the other on, on Amazon, uh, tools, if you will, or the checklist is your brand store. And there's a lot of, Controversy is perhaps not the right word, but back and forth about how much value is the brand store really generating? Mm -hmm. Because we get to see the sales that come from the brand store, and it's not a whole lot. But I firmly believe that Amazon's moving more into this social commerce, building the brands on Amazon rather than having allowing these brands to build their websites on Amazon rather than having the leave the website, leave uh, amazon.com, go to the brand's website to learn more about this product. And they're making with the feature rollouts, they're making a a concerted effort to drive more engagement um, and connectivity with the brand. So building your brand store in a thoughtful way, again, always considering the consumer's journey uh, at every step of the way. So if they're landing on your brand store, not making it complicated of how do I find the answer I'm looking for? Uh there's options to follow brands now. And this is a a more recent feature. So it's certainly in the early days, but I never like to pass up something that's a a beta or an early feature. Yeah. On Amazon because they're it's a it's a window into the direction they're going in, right? So If you're building your brand store and you're getting your consumers to follow you there, you can now email them directly. And these emails, again, it's early days, but we're starting to see the the typical click-through rate and the actual sales that are coming from said emails. And already in the last couple of months since they've been out, the templates and customization that you can do has expanded significantly. Mm-hmm. Other options, videos. There's tons of placements and Amazon posts. All of these are free, and you don't need a ton of money to be able to get into that cust, uh, into that consumer's journey or get in front of them. You don't need to pay a ton of money and win a five to twenty five dollar CPC bid to be at the top of your primary keyword. If you can go about it in these other ways. Oh, there
0: is so much that you just unpacked there that I just want to like dive a little bit deeper into, but like just the way that I I want to approach this in terms of like operationalizing it, we have to start thinking about structure. And so correct me if I'm wrong, but what you just described is a lot of what it sounds like Amazon is moving toward similar to what you know. If, if those are for, that are familiar with Chinese, like Tmall, um, where where Mall is a little bit similar to the marketplace atmosphere of Amazon in China, um, but they really do like every brand has their own ultimately D to C expression on on within Tmall. Um, and it really is just this full elaborate what you might expect from the direct to consumer website within now the Amazon ecosystem and environment which makes so much sense. And you know for those of us who have been working with Amazon and watched them as they start to change their strategy or or create a focus on something they really don't they really don't half asset. They do a lot of testing and they do a lot mm-hmm. of like try something and then abandon it but when you see them continuously adding features and and rewarding brands for taking part in some of these things like this the brand stores like a plus content all of that um you you want to take that seriously and so i just want to make sure that that interpretation of what you just said feels accurate
1: absolutely um yeah. yes there's there's a ton of Ton of testing that Amazon does on a day-to-day basis, and there's not a day that goes by that I look at one product page and there's they've changed the placement of something, and immediately we go into thinking, all right, consider the <laughs> consumer's journey. You know, there now, for example, just this morning I was looking at a detail page on my mobile app. One product had the uh, ATF images right before the bullet points, before the A plus content, and just featured as if you're scrolling through them, not having to click in and swipe. Mm. And then that sent me into a frenzy of, oh, we need to place an even bigger emphasis on what we're communicating to the customer because they're seeing that first. So
0: yes, to your point, there's
1: a ton of testing that, that happens and don't necessarily go into a frenzy like, I do, uh, <laughs> but, uh, not pulling the, not pulling the trigger on, on actioning all of them. However, when you see it consistently rolling out or it hasn't gone away, that's a really strong insight into where Amazon's going and they're going to put more emphasis and more reward on the brands that are adopting that.
0: Cinder can help simplify your e-commerce transaction ecosystem with their standalone all-in-one accounting platform. With more than 30 integrations available, visit synder.com com and use EasyBooks for 40% off to get accurate and unified profit and loss reporting, easy reconciliation across all your e-commerce platforms, and so much more. That's synder.com com and use the code EasyBooks for 40% off structurally, um, if I'm thinking about building out my, my new body butter brand, um, you know, and I'm thinking about, I couldn't think of a clever name. I tried to take a moment to think of one and I can't. Sorry, guys. <laughs> um, I'll get back to you on that. The, the thing that I think about is structure, right? And so there's quite a bit more and more way more than there was even like two years ago of overlap between creative and user experience design that you might only staff your D to C team with the intention of, of using and utilizing on, on a, on a day to day basis. If you're doing anything <laughs> remotely, um, in the right way, even in today's ecosystem, there's some form of connectivity between what's happening over in the D2C world and what's happening on Amazon. And I think that this world that that you're describing, Gabby, is actually even more integration where at some point the delineation between the thought process and the work stream that happens mm-hmm. for D2C design development and user experience is actually merged with the Amazon because they're just so duplicative. Do you, what do you think
1: about that? 100%. It, it should be a carbon copy or come from this centralized place. Because again, if we're obsessing over the consumer's journey and everything they're seeing and going through when they eventually come across your product it's gotta be the same, it's gotta be consistent. And if if you're putting all that effort into your D to C site, but you haven't built this perhaps you've built the brand, perhaps you haven't yet gotten the impressions and the traffic and your opportunity to do that is Amazon. And then eventually bring them back to your website if that's what you so choose. But mm-hmm. It should be the same on on both, and it should be the same on on every channel and platform that you're you're communicating to this customer,
0: yeah, that's that actually brings into the question the idea of what a CMO does and what the qualifications of a present day. CMO is. like I think Mm -hmm. before we had always drawn this really thick line between, well, there's brand and there's brand marketing. And then there is e-commerce and D2C. And sometimes that sits within marketing, rightfully so. And sometimes that sits within sales also, rightfully so. Um, And we're starting to see more and more organizations that pull e-commerce out from either sales Pure play because um, those are so consumed by, you know, the Targets and Walmarts and big, big retailers of the world, and is also just a different breed. But it's also quite different from, from marketing. Um, but at the same time, when you're looking at D2C and you're looking at Amazon as these really deep, meaningful expressions of the brand, um, I do still think that there's a huge opportunity for CMOs to have this. Skill set and wealth of knowledge, um, and it seems like the CMOs, at least that I've experienced or, or worked around, they understand the power of it, but they're certainly not like subject matter experts. How how do you look at that um, sort of like blending of departmental organizational thinking?
1: Absolutely, um, I, I think that that is a it's a big problem facing many companies and and established brands that aren't bootstrapping from the ground up that aren't thinking that from the get-go so they've Mm -hmm. already got these silo channels if you will at at the at the worst um and at the best to your point it's the yes there's an understanding that this is important but I don't really know what that means Um, Mm -hmm. and I just think you don't put a strong enough emphasis on it as a brand or as a CMO if you don't fully understand that. Um, again, it's you're, you're communicating to that end consumer, whether you're in sales and, and you've got a retail buyer, uh, or if you are a direct-to-consumer channel or marketing. You're not moving the product if you don't speak to the end consumer at the end of the day. And the most direct way to do that is through these DC channels and and Amazon. So
0: that's so beautifully put. And yeah. and things about you know, it, it makes me think about career trajectory even for people like you and I within organizations like we kind of grew up in e-commerce. Like we're just e-commerce geeks through and through. We've been doing it for a decade, like however long e-commerce has been around. That's kind of been our jam. And then we out of necessity sort of added the the marketing and the brand component to what we were doing, because we realized that in order to succeed, that was such an important thing. Um, and I think that there are some marketers and some CMOs who really understand the intricate powers that mean those two things together. But, you know, even with like, Career pathing and things like that. I'm I'm curious about the next generation of, of leads of marketing parts of organizations. If if it's actually going to end up being someone that is a D2C person or an Amazon person, um, just because we have this access to your to your point, you said it so well earlier. It's just the window into the mass market.
1: Yep, yeah, uh, absolutely. I think it's um, you know it'll it'll work for a while, but it'll start to become more of an, this non-negotiable that, uh, just being fairly well-educated, um, about, about these channels and, and, you know, just within, within everything, when you're a leader, you don't necessarily need to be the expert in the function of understanding the Amazon algorithm necessarily, or, you know, your keyword placement, um, but you've got to have a, a pretty strong understanding of all of these things and tying them together. And uh, that was something I tried to recognize pretty pretty early on. Um, but now it's becoming a little bit more mainstream. There's, there's a fair few resources out there of uh, and a, a great book on uh, Amazon for CMOs. By Kiri Masters, for example. That's just oh yeah, the, I'm the in that first book. Thing. Well, oh, there, there you go. So <laughs> it's it's this um, it's becoming more mainstream, um, but still a little early on. than that it hasn't been widely adopted.
0: Totally, um, shout out Kiri. Now. I love you. <laughs> <laughs> Kiri's a friend. Yeah, she's a she's uh, great. I actually, it, sorry, I made a mistake. I read in um, Amazon for Samos from Kiri. And, um, Mark, who's the other co-writer, mm-hmm. the one that I'm in is Instacart for CMO. Oh, <laughs> so, there you go. so quick correction on that one, but yeah, Kiri's, Kiri's a good friend. Um, and she's freaking brilliant. Like just one of the smartest, most well thought out people. I, I love following her and seeing what she's doing over at bobsled marketing. Um, the, okay. So, the branding piece fascinating i think we can have so much more rich dialogue around that and i and i hope we can continue to do that i actually just want him now so i have my body butter i have this brand i'm i'm wearing my multiple sort of e-commerce d2c cmo hats and i've set up this this beautiful experience that that matches my d2c site and um is not distracting and and doesn't change depending on the channel, um, Mm -hmm. how do I, how do I bring people into, to to hang out with me in this, in this very, very overcrowded, expensive search engine bidding war?
1: That is it is, uh, if you are relying on Amazon alone, the cost of doing business with Amazon only and relying that my product's going to get discovered only via being at the top of page one for some of the most competitive keywords. Yeah.
0: And you got so, an extra hundred dollars per, yeah. per click to spend.
1: <laughs> Don't even joke. We've tested the CPCs during some <laughs> peak shopping times and it is horrifying. <laughs> Seriously. So do not rely on doing business with Amazon alone. And one really important Probably the most important. You've got your your product listing is is perfect. It's up there. Your brand's consistent. Consistent. Your keywords are there. Now you've got to drive traffic. Don't rely on driving traffic to or let me say on Amazon itself. Rely on driving external traffic to Amazon. Amazon is truly valuing and rewarding the brands and the products. Think about it. It's a fantastic business for them. You have just driven a customer that could have clicked, converted, and shopped on their other social sites, on Google, on Target, on any other channel, but you drove that customer to Amazon.com and they're now going to make a purchase and Amazon's going to get a piece of the pie. So So smart. They value, absolutely. They're valuing this other traffic that you're driving and we see really great conversion by getting hits in uh, these listicles, you know, 21 products, you must have this prime day, uh, on Buzzfeed or something like that. Mm-hmm. There's really great conversion. Um, of course going viral, you don't even necessarily need to go viral, but if you were to have a, uh, strong social media presence and driving that traffic back to Amazon, what it ends up doing is rewarding you up the search page ranks. Um, and Amazon used to have a really great affiliate influencer type of a program where those who were sharing what they loved uh, from Amazon, they would get a kickback. They'd get this this little commission, right? Well, mm-hmm. Amazon aggressively cut that, um, I want to say a year or two ago. And so these influencers and affiliates were no longer getting as much money from sharing these. So they stopped sharing them. And if you look at the source of other traffic, so external traffic sources that were being driven to Amazon overall and many of the best-selling Amazon listings, it significantly drops when they made right. this change. And um whether they uh shot themselves in the foot a little bit by doing that. I'm not so sure because brands have still recognized that, Hey, I have to drive this other traffic to Amazon. and now Amazon doesn't have to pay for it anymore. Other brands are paying for it.
0: Oh my God. Uh, They're so brilliant at that. It's, it's maniacally brilliant.
1: Right. So, uh, I I think there was a lot of, uh, hoo-ha about it being the wrong thing to do by Amazon. And I think they've worked out pretty well. Um, but still it, that's what you need to do as the brand is drive your traffic from other sources, a variety of other sources, because not only are you getting more traffic to your listing, yay, hopefully you convert them, but Amazon's now rewarding that by increasing your ranking for certain keywords or bestseller tags, all that type of the thing. So it's all, sort of a double whammy with that conversion.
0: Gorgeous is the e-commerce help desk that turns your customer service into a profit center. Powered by machine learning and automation, Gorgeous can help your brand turn visitors into shoppers, unlock sales through live chat, text, and social media, and increase your ad effectiveness by the equivalent of a 5% increase in ad spend. Gorgeous continues all of these communication channels through email, SMS, Instagram, DMs, live chat, phone, and more, all organized in one place. With this deep integration with your e-commerce store, you'll be able to quickly see all customer data, order history, and take actions right from your help desk. To learn more about why 8,000 customers, including Steve Madden, Princess Polly, and Marine Lair use Gorgeous, go to G-O-R-G-I-A-S dot com slash Infinite Shelf and get two months free today. Nobody knows your customers better than you do, so why limit yourself? Offer outstanding customer experiences with Shopware, a turnkey open commerce platform featuring the Rule Builder for powerful and fully customized customer journeys, the Flow Builder for no-code automation of complex business operations and everyday workflows, and Guided Selling to create interactive live video events straight from your Shopware website. Trust Shopware's open framework and powerful network to help you deliver the exceptional experiences your customers deserve now and into the future. Join tens of thousands of successful merchants worldwide. Find out more at shopware.com slash infinite shelf. That's fascinating. Um, And I definitely understand their motivation for it. It seems like that is kind of like a no-brainer, right? I mean, I guess the the brainer part is you have the option to take your social media or whatever performance marketing budget you have and drive to D2C where you get that first-party data and you get probably better margins than you're getting on Amazon, depending on how you're, you're set up. Um, but also, you want to keep growing your Amazon business. And I think one of the things that I think about as a marketer and as a D2C type person, I think about what is the easiest way to get a new customer to convert. And typically, Amazon makes things a lot easier to, to trial. And so the customer acquisition costs when you're driving people to Amazon might actually help balance out the, you know, things that you're missing out on, maybe whether it's margin or whether it's how much value you put on first party data. Um, so I think there's a there's a balance to play there. And I think more and more brands and retailers are seeing their customer acquisition costs or their CAC, which I, I hate that acronym, um, mm-hmm. <laughs> see it going up. And I actually use Amazon as a good in-between for customer acquisition strategies because most people are Prime members. Most people, mm. you know, they've optimized the living crap out of the checkout scenario. Um, and so especially when you have products that are maybe not hitting the uh, free shipping thresholds for D to C, um, you know, we have, we sell $7 tubes, $8 tubes. Um, and so people, people are much more likely to, to convert on Amazon or even though they're buying a four pack or whatever, it's, it's just an easier first trigger to convert. And then I think once people become more and more loyal to your brand, they might, see the benefit to shopping on D2C through, you know, integration with rewards rewards programs and ambassador programs and other reasons to be a little bit more connected to the brand.
1: Absolutely. And I and I think that you hit the nail on the head there with saying it is a bit of a balance for sure. But ultimately the mass consumer your everyday purchaser um it is so easy to add to cart and check out on Amazon and it is it's pretty risk free you know you're going to get it in a short period of time um unfortunately or fortunately if you don't love it it's relatively risk free to return it um yeah. <laughs> and there's just far far less of this barrier to convert and Hook the customer there, and over time, bring them over to where you've got this higher margin, where you can get more um, information about them, and and put the right products in front of them on your website, but collect them at Amazon ultimately. And that's why I think we're let's bring back to this amazing body butter that is solving all of my problems, and I put it on in the morning and my day is infinitely better um you're a new brand it's a new product so let's do it on amazon first um and then bring them across to your site
0: yeah yeah. I love that. I think that that makes so much sense. And so look out for Ingrid's body butter coming to an am- No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, but I, I do love, I do love a good, a good skincare product. I can't, I can't lie. Um, Gabby, what else do you want to tap through? I, before I, before you answer that, um, I am obsessed with Everyone who's been listening to my podcast probably knows this and they're probably tired of hearing this um i've I've finally finished the the new adam grant book um think again and it's opened up my eyes into thinking about things through a new perspective and um changing my mind and feeling comfortable changing my mind and sort of not showing that as like, oh, she just doesn't know or she's flippy floppy or whatever that we used to say about people who would change their mind. And I actually look at it as a really strong indicator of personal growth and intellectual growth. And so um, I'm just curious if there's anything within the past like six to 12 months that you have like fundamentally changed your mind about.
1: Oh, wow. I feel like this is a very loaded question, (laughs) but, um, I might answer that with saying this, this realization, this philosophy that I, I think I've adopted and it's helped me in my work in the everyday, but it's, it's also helped me in, in my personal everyday of adopting that I'll never have all the answers. And, Mm. and I was chuckling to myself with your intro because here I am saying is there is never a day I'm not learning. And it is, it sounds so cliche, but never get into this sort of level of complacency that, that, you know, what's going to happen next. And Amazon has probably been the biggest humble check for me with that because the algorithm or something will change a couple of times a year, um, <laughs> and everything you think you knew can be turned on its head. So that willingness, um, to be open, to change your, not change your mind, to have your mind change or your perspectives changed or have this collective thinking in these conversations that you and I have, um, that just frame it in, frame it in another way. So I don't know that this necessarily helps your body butter sell more, but I think it <laughs> it helps those looking to build this brand or take this next step and certainly sell on Amazon. You don't know it all. None of us do. We're, uh, we're just constantly learning and being humbled by Amazon and realizing the infinite opportunity that there is, but it's going to change.
0: Oh, I love that. That is so accurate. And the, like when the when you're so used to the ground being moved out from under you on a regular basis, you sort of just like develop this muscle around getting comfortable with change. And I think that I see that as a really common thread between everyone that I get to work with and learn from and, and collaborate with in the e-commerce space, just because we're all sort of, we've been bred that way. Um, things change so quickly in, in our space. And we've sort of, that's become a muscle that we all flex to a certain extent. Maybe that's why I became so obsessed with Adam Grant's approach to it in the book. And, and there's also a lot about like bringing people around you along for that journey. Cause I think a lot of what we do as e-commerce experts or you know, e-commerce slaves, whatever <laughs> you want to look at us, um, is having to bring everyone else that isn't in this, you know, being like water and having to move through everything as it comes um, world and explaining that to people and ev- having, you know, being the person within your organization that is bringing people along in the evolution of the thinking of where the consumer is of where people are spending their time and so that manifests through where people are spending time on social media that manifests through where people are spending you know going this huge D2C focus to now Amazon is turning into a D2C destination to a certain extent and and probably more and more as the years go on um and just being able to like all right here's here's what the new world looks like let's set up shop and figure out what that how we can make that work for us and i think that there's there's so much to that that should be broadly um, adopted by by the rest of the organization.
1: Absolutely. And and as we we're talking about this it triggered something in in my mind of no wonder there's a slight hesitation to adopt um and learn more about this this D2C this Amazon way of selling. By these CMOs that we were talking about when we've just gone and said that it will never be the same from one day to the next. And that's mm. how traditional sales have been. You right. know, your people relationship, how you pitch the ABCs or the traditional marketing, nothing has, has changed so fast paced as, as this way of selling. Uh so I can understand the hesitation to it, but I think the way around it is that rec- you'll just grow so much more of being comfortable with change um right. and, and recognizing that it's the rule book is not going to be consistent um you 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 can't use a cheat sheet every single day um, yes, but just go along for the ride
0: learn yeah. a little bit. Yeah. And that's actually, you know, that's a skill set that I think we can we can teach into like people either whether they're new coming into organizations, we can hire around that growth mindset yeah. um, skill set, but I think you're right. I think there's we still have a really big tension between the old guard and the new guard. Um, but I do think it's just a matter of time before the people who understand that the world is constantly evolving will, will be the people who win out. Um, and I think that there's, I always think that there's opportunity for people to evolve too. So if you're someone who is really in the traditional mindset of sales or, or traditional mindset of marketing, um, there's hope for you.
1: Read, Absolutely read,
0: read different books and talk to people who have different points of view and they approach the world like a scientist and and uh, it becomes at least a little bit more interesting.
1: Yeah that's uh, that's a great point and th- I think about that when I'm hiring as well. I almost exclusively hire for a type of a person rather than mm-hmm. a skill set because mm-hmm. I can train the skills and they're going to change as well. So having this, this, uh, personality type or characteristic is, is, um, just makes it so much easier to be moldable and, and, and teach things. Um, totally. But yeah, there's a, there's our detour of, from how to build a brand on Amazon <laughs> to hiring techniques you knew it, you knew it was uh, coming. 40 minutes.
0: <laughs> you knew it was coming, but it's all part of it. It's just like creating this this warm bath of where innovation can come from and adjustment. And I, I do really think that it's still super connected, even though we can't like put it in its beautiful swim lane of a box of brand and marketing and product innovation, like what we just talked about organizationally and also just personally is, is key to, to any of that, to create fertile ground for it.
1: Absolutely. Yeah.
0: Well, Gabby, speaking of being open-minded and, um, just being, thoughtful i'm i'm so glad that you were able to come hang out on infinite shelf and and help help me launch my my body butter ingrid's ingrid's uh body butter still don't oh, have really yeah, we, we
1: <laughs> work on this brand name that'll, that'll be for uh for version two of the podcast totally <laughs> awesome well thanks for
0: coming on and i'll talk to you soon absolutely thank you for having me